Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. With Walker and Roush. Welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys! Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. November 2nd, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, 96 1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your chilly Tuesday morning. Going to be chilly, uh, especially in the morning all week. It's really just going to be chilly altogether, but especially in the morning. So dress appropriately on your way out. I'm about ready to sneeze. So, Nick Roush, how are you today? I'm going to mute myself. Um, I'm doing well. Just uh, baby's first night at the new house, and he wanted to keep sleeping. So he was very mad at me this morning. I'm trying at the new office. I think it's pretty echoey. It feels echoey. Oh, it's echoey, all right. It is. Are you wearing the AirPods again? No, no, not at all. I'm just in the big room with a lot of glass windows. So uh, might have to be changing that up and going into the room that has carpet in it. We have one room with carpet in it, and that's a rug, to be precise. Trial and error, baby. Yeah, trial and error. Oh, <laughs> some people would say, well, maybe you should have planned this before coming on the air. But that, there's yeah, nothing listen, I could it, do about it either way. It's just, let's just go to different rooms in the house. Let's see what happens. Well, theoretically, we you could have practiced the rooms, but that's not what we do on KRC. Well, I could have practiced the rooms, but I, I there's nothing I can do to this room right now. To make it oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Justin, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm tired. If we're being honest, I watched. I stayed up and watched that whole whatever that Monday night football game was last night. Holy crap! The Chiefs are terrible. I don't want you to be honest with us today, please. Okay. Well, then I'm great. Woohoo! <laughs> I also stayed up for the end of it as well. Which, again, like before baby, you you bet your butt I'm going to bed around ten each and every night after baby. Even though I get less sleep altogether, now I just don't really even care what time I go to bed. It doesn't even matter to me anymore. So I also stayed up for the end of it. And partially I wanted to go to bed before, but it was like, wow, this like the Chiefs aren't pulling away. The Chiefs aren't pulling away. Then the Giants even take the lead, and then it keeps going. The Chiefs really do have some major issues right now. I don't know what they, they just – the offense is not nearly as explosive. doesn't have that little zip. Mahomes doesn't even look to run anymore, and maybe partially defensive defenses have figured out the best way to spy him. I don't know, but I, I don't big picture long term. Obviously, Kansas City is going to be fine. You got a franchise quarterback for years and years to come. For this season, I don't I don't think they've got it. I, I would take several other teams in the AFC before them, but they find a way to get the win. I survive and Survivor. Uh, if if the Chiefs would have lost last night. The Survivor League would have been down to four teams. So, uh, what'd you make of the game, Justin? Since you watched it all, I, I made out that the Chiefs are garbage. I mean, my roommate's been telling me for two or three weeks that they just don't have it, and I keep denying him. I'm like, yeah, dude, give it time. They're gonna be okay. But last night, I saw firsthand. I mean, they are really not a good football team. Patrick Mahomes is 
he, we've seen him do all the fancy stuff in the past, the sidearm the sidearm passes, the left hand passes. It's like he tries to do that now, but he doesn't remember how to do it all. He he's still trying to be fancy, but he's not playing like the quarterback he has the past two or three years or however long he's been in the league. It's it's I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I, I kind of like that the Chiefs are down because they have been good for so long, but I don't I really don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Sounds like Justin bet on the Chiefs last night. I did not. No, I actually oh. I stayed away completely. Oh, they wow. were my play on Survivor, but I, I didn't put additional Just, money on the spread or the line. The the anger in Scoot's voice, the loathing, the disdain. I just assumed that it just it doesn't it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you got Patrick Mahomes, who for the last couple of years has played like the best quarterback in the league. You've got Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest player in the league. You got Travis Kelsey, who's probably the best tight end this league's ever seen, and they're garbage. I don't. I just don't understand it. I think uh, last night, at least, there was a lot of drops. I mean, Mahomes wasn't yeah. Yeah. perfect, but like that one, that one that bounced in the ground, and I don't know who the receiver was, but took it in for a touchdown. And in oh, real time, it definitely looked like it hit the ground. Mm-hmm. But on replay, it was actually a lot closer than you think. Do you chalk that one? And this is if you didn't watch Monday Night Football, just give us another 30, 45 seconds. But it, it like, did, is that one do you all put on Mahomes or you put on the wide receiver? It certainly was low. Make no mistake about it. Well, that, was like just, that was on yeah. Mahomes. That was on Mahomes. But then you had, the, yeah. you, had, you had the one earlier where he threw it like a baseball player and the Manning bros kind of were crushing him for it. But I actually thought that was a hell of a throw to be able to squeeze it through a tight zone as much as it did. That was another low one. But I agree with you, Roush. One low one I actually think was an amazing throw. The other one was Mahomes' fault. So he hasn't been perfect, but also the wide receivers still haven't been helping him out a ton. Some drops, but yeah, it, it, it's weird. You just keep thinking the, the Chiefs are going to snap their fingers and be like they were last last year, the year before last. Hasn't happened so far. Well, and you know we've gotten really used to Patrick Mahomes when you look up his stats for this season, and he, the guy in seven games has thrown over 2,000 yards. He's thrown 18 touchdowns to only nine interceptions and has barely under 100 quarterback rating. So that just – Maybe he shouldn't have came into the league with his hair on fire and we wouldn't have faith in him like we do, but for whatever reason, he just seems terrible, but his numbers say otherwise. Yeah, and it's just kind of what we're used to. People do forget, though, that they had that shriek in the playoffs, was it this past year or two years ago, where the first half they just looked like complete and total dog crap, and then the second half of those playoff games they turn it on and just Mm -hmm. like wow you and look like one of the greatest teams in the history of football. You keep waiting for that second half snap, 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 and and looking impressive, but not yet, not yet, but they got to win. I guess they needed to have to at least stay in the thick of it in the AFC. People forget we're nearly halfway through the regular season. After this week, we will be more People than halfway. People do forget that, yeah. Well, yeah. And college football well past the halfway point. So slow down, college football. And can NFL. I, slow can down. I say, too, shout out to the Mannings for making me like actually turn on Monday Night Football. I used to be very anti-Monday Night Football, but just having that there has made me be like, okay, you know what, I'll turn it on for a little bit. And then I end up watching more than I anticipated. So thanks, Mannings, for making me care about Monday Night Football. I don't know what it was, but I, it used to just – Monday Night Football in general used to just turn me off for whatever reason. Maybe it's because ESPN just gets so over the top. They're like, Monday night, Monday, 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 Monday. And have 17 hours of pregame shows for it. Maybe that used to bug me. The bad games used to bug me. 
maybe I was just a little footballed out, but Mannings, you've, you've brought me back in. You did it. That's how I feel about Thursday night games, or else. Oh, Thursday nights are the best. Start the weekend. See, I nah. just, I don't know. The hype, the hype is always way overboard, and it's always a terrible matchup. Yeah, suck at Thursday night games. I uh, Thursday nights are great. I I would love Green Bay to play on Thursday nights <laughs> over Sunday or Monday night all the time. That being said, the Manning broadcast has put life back into Monday Night Football in ways I didn't even think were possible. And one thing we've said about the Manning broadcast here on Kentucky Roll Call from 7 to 9 Monday through Friday with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen is I, and nobody go freaking out, I I hated the guests. I just wanted Eli and Peyton, Eli and Peyton, Eli and Peyton. But I, I figured it out. And I did at least hypothesized this when we first talked about this weeks and weeks and weeks ago it's just the quality of the stream for the guest if the guest has good quality stream good connection Mm -hmm. good setup it actually is enjoyable and it's kind of the mannings are doing a better and better job incorporating the guest if they have a crappy stream the guest doesn't like really care to be there just wants to be on espn2 for a second or whatnot then it's completely and totally worthless. It's awkward, and the Mannings can't do anything about it, and it just makes for bad television. But, like, Michael Strahan, unsurprisingly, a guy who is on TV, had a great stream. And while and Michael Strahan, you know, I don't watch him. What is he on, like, Good Morning good, Live? Good Morning, America, yeah. Good morning, yeah, Good Morning, America. Yeah, all the morning. Wake up, San Francisco. I get all of them confused. Uh, mm-hmm. But whatever. But, like, he is a very – he's very good. His television presence is great. He's a good speaker. It was fun to listen to him. And I did like the idea, Roush, of, like, all right, they're bringing on one of the best defensive players in the last 30 years in the NFL. He gives a perspective on what's going on defensively in the game. And then uh, who they bring on late there, Justin? Michael Irvin. Was Michael alive. Irvin from the Cowboys. I, I really yeah. just saw the end of it. But he was good, too, because he, A, on TV. B, um, what gave the you... wide receiver perspective of everything going on. That, that was cool to see. And it was also pretty seamless in that, like, they had a take of his where he was, like, talking about how teams aren't afraid of the Chiefs anymore. They get an unsportsmanlike penalty, and he's like, you know, uh, they, they should have called it off for being a soft-ass taunting call, too, because those taunting calls aren't oh soft. My but he was like, but that kind of shows you, like, that, you know, the fullback is will, you know, it, it's more evidence, like, that people aren't afraid of the Chiefs anymore. Yeah, I, I don't – you can get really hot takey with the taunting calls and whatnot. I think the simplest thing you can say is quit. Who Who are you protecting? When that fullback, God love him, fullback in the NFL, may as well be a unicorn, and gets a first down, and then because his first down signal was too close to an opposing player's face, it's a taunting penalty? Like, shut up. Like, this is the NFL. These are grown men. They're being paid millions and millions of dollars to play a sport that brings in billions and billions and billions over the course of its span. Thousands, tens of thousands of fans fill up stadiums all across the league on Sundays. They don't want to see a 60-year-old in stripes throw a flag because a player got too excited. And well, and the NFL is mostly entertainment value anyway. So the whole taunting thing is stupid. Let us. I, I, there was nothing better than when they reenacted the whole "you can't celebrate after a touchdown" thing. It made football fun again. It's the same thing with taunting. When if they're able to do that. It makes football fun again. 
And the the funny part about it too is that apparently the Giants owner was the big owner behind making this move, and then it doesn't cost them the game. But that was, I mean, they were almost in scoring territory when that flag was thrown to retake the lead or at least break a tie. So suck it, Giants. That's what you get. Yeah, I guess that, <laughs> I, I did not put two and two together there, Ralph. That's a little poetic justice. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing, and it shouldn't. Uh, who was it? There was a college football game where a touchdown was taken back because of Tante. I think last week, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. Iowa State. Yeah, just quit it. Just stop with that stuff. Like uh, feelings. Nobody's gonna go into their dorm room or their million dollar house if it's an NFL player after the game and cry themselves to sleep because an opposing player pointed at them on their way to the end zone. Like that's just. It's not going to happen. So let's move past it. Let's forget about it. But that closes out week number eight in the NFL. We move on to week nine next week. The Thursday night this game this week. Last week, you had one loss Green Bay, undefeated Arizona. They were saying it's the Thursday night game of all Thursday night games. They followed up with another doozy this week. The New York Jets had Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> rather watch anything else well you can hear it on the big x so uh right wouldn't you want to listen to it instead of watch go. it unless like the hoosiers or the boilermakers are playing a basketball game oh, or something but which, you're right by the way the um no offense to our fellow colleagues but my god i was listening to some of the colts titans on this weekend and the the wheeze that the colts broadcast no, who cares? i just people get I, so bothered by that I, I just do. I don't know what it is. It, well, and he wasn't that good in general. He's probably some legend that I don't know about. Matt Taylor? Oh. He's good. Oh he's my not God. a legend, but he's uh, good. You better be careful, the, buddy. The, the color commentator? Not the play by play. Oh, okay. The color yeah, guy was not. I'm not sure who their color guy is. He was, he was not great. Color guys great. in the NFL, I think, are notoriously not great. I think it's important. I, like, I think they actually are great, but they come off as not great because of – was he just loud and, like, super cheery and stuff? No, no, no. That was the problem is he was a big wee guy, but he was also, like, kind of boring. And, mm. I, I, like, if you're going to give me a homer, be the homer as homer ever. He was just not – like, it wasn't – like, like lap him from the Bengals. He's over the top. Is that um, the color guy for the Bengals? Yes, yes. Okay, they they have Jake DeLome for the Panthers. Like, I like hearing Jake DeLome in his Cajun voice being super-duper Homer. But, like, this guy was just very – if I was down there, I, I, I would have already lost my mind because we're just blah, blah, blah. Like, he just, he just wasn't good. He just wasn't – like, <laughs> objectively, he was bad. Like, I can take a good Homer, but you got to be – all the way in, and he was just not good enough. So there's my radio broadcasting critique. Of the day. You better be careful. You gotta you you walk in a fine line there, buddy. Hey, these I are the mean, proprietors of the journalism awards, or is it the journalism awards, <laughs> the radio awards. It's the journalism awards. Journalism awards. Okay, uh, we we respect the the institution of journalism. Okay. I, the the Bengals guy is like notoriously hated for being obnoxious. I'm, that's that's what I that's what I want for my color commentator. Yes. I want the play by play guy to be great and to be super informative and descriptive. All and business. Also, you know, like don't forget to tell me the score and don't forget to tell me the down and don't forget to tell me what yard line we're on and all that stuff. But the professionals, you don't worry about that stuff. And then I want the color guy to just be a fan and I want him to tell me more of like. 
what's going on in the atmosphere, what's going on around the sidelines. Tell me more. Just uh, be a fan. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but you got to have a little motion. Got to have a little pep in your step. Nick Roush hates the Indianapolis Colts color commentary guy. You heard it here first wow. on KRC. Yep. Heard it here first, folks. Heard it here first. Um, I also, while we're criticizing other uh, broadcasters, man, uh, really got thrown off my rotation this morning because uh, the 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 Christmas station is back. I forgot that they really do just flip the switch immediately as soon as Halloween's over. Oh yeah, it's November November first. They play it, of course. You know the any sane person's waiting till after Thanksgiving to go knee deep into Christmas, but it's not a fight worth getting in and, and everybody can do their own thing. But yes, you are right. There is a station, at least one station in Louisville that's already playing Christmas music and will be doing it until December 26th. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I, you know me, I, I start earlier than most would like. I'm a big, uh, Christmas music fan. It's still like, I'm, I'm still getting my spooky fix. And part of it is because, uh, I mean, the leaves are just now, like the next week is the the most popping we're going to have for the leaves uh, all fall. So, you know, it's taking a little bit longer for the weather to get uh, cold. I'm not going to get in the season if the season is not here yet. So suck it, Christmas music. You can wait at least another two weeks. I don't understand why they would end it on December 26th. If they're going to start it this early, why not go through the end of the year? I also kind of agree with that because I consider Christmas season well into New Year's and New Year's Eve. There was at least, uh, I I know the other one that's like, I I think iHeart just uses one of their stations to play Christmas music. And they went till New Year's last year because, like you all said, like, hell, some people still do their Christmas parties after the fact, you know? Uh, Down at uh, your amusement parks, like when we were down at the Citrus Bowl, they were Christmassy through January. Oh, yeah. All their parades and stuff. So I, I don't know why they don't keep it rolling to kind of, uh, you know, wean some people off of what they the, their their kick, their holiday fix. Holiday well, world is Christmas all year round. People well, forget that. And Halloween that. land. Yeah. People forget that too. Not Halloween Town. That is Disney Incorporated. That sure as heck is. Roush, you've talked about weaning people off. We need to wean off. A big <laughs> Adam Bona picked UCLA. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, he just you know, just you just you, you wanted to make one more Bona joke. You well, went for the home run. I was and you just realized. I try to use segue words when I hear you or Justin say a segue word, and then that one probably just a little too much for the other um, references. That, yeah. uh, just he picked UCLA. Yep, picked UCLA. What do we think of that? Suck it, Bona. Watch the completely unrelated, totally unrelated, nothing to do with all this. I think I've even said this on the air, so it's certainly a stupid story to bring up. But last yesterday, took down all the Halloween stuff, and uh, I'm a big, like, hey, the day after a holiday. This is actually kind of coming full circle. Day after a holiday, taking the stuff down. So that's January 2nd for me with the Christmas stuff. But for Halloween stuff, obviously, November 1st, if available or if i can and so taking halloween stuff down outside stuff only takes about 30 minutes it's not hard at all inside stuff is what takes much longer but while i'm doing the inside stuff i say i'm gonna watch this ken burns muhammad ali documentary roush i'd already watched episode one but i'm gonna have another episode on in the background while i'm putting 
up the Halloween stuff. And then when there was like the fight clips, I'd actually just stop and watch because it's so fun watching Muhammad Ali fights and really just any old class classic boxing match like between some of the greats during those times. Really, really enjoyable to watch, but especially the Muhammad Ali ones, best of all time, not even close in my opinion. But watching this documentary, it's amazing. And uh, but the point even I, I got to telling you that I was watching this Muhammad mm -hmm. Ali documentary is I took this class at UK on like sports, sports, and I forget what it was, but we had a teacher that would always just would never would never really get in too much discussion, but would just say, mm-hmm. How did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And I've done that to you three times today, Roush, where I've asked, how, what do you think about that? Or how does that make you feel? Uh, true, full disclosure, it's because I, for whatever reason, got a super runny nose this morning. And I feel like every time I'm about to talk, I have to stop to sneeze or <laughs> blow my nose. So that's part of the reason I'm doing it. So if you hear me go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? That's a shout out to old Professor Smith at UK from 10 years ago. I don't know if he's even there or not. But wow. uh, but well, but while I got down a really dumb there. story, allow me to at least say watch the Muhammad Ali documentary. I've got yeah. one episode to go. Three down, one to go. It is unbelievable. It's on my to-do list. It's on my to-do list. Um, probably that, that, that is a great idea for something to have on while I'm like putting away things. So good call sports talker, TJ. I'll check that out. Um, I'll also say that um, I'm not as elbow deep in the world of basketball recruiting. So, you know, when I, when you know for like a week or two out, that it's probably not going to be Bona, you, you know, I'm, I've already kind of moved on, but Jack Pilgrim who covers it pretty intently, it, he, he kind of went in last night. He was like, listen, how is Cal just keep missing on the bigs? And I don't have the effort to have that angry take right now because we've, I feel like this, we've had this conversation over and over and over again. And that part still continues to not make sense. And I don't know if it's a miscalculation on Cal Perry on who to go all in on. I don't know if it's the kids, like, because, like, here's the thing. Maybe if he doesn't go all in on Lively, they get Bona. If he just waits and has all of his chips on Bona, then that, that works out. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know why you wouldn't go all in on Lively as well. But it, I, it also just doesn't make sense why Kentucky keeps missing on these bigs, particularly with Cal Perry's seemingly undefeated track record with putting bigs in the NBA. That, that just doesn't make sense. No, it, it it doesn't make sense. I, I just don't understand it. It's I, I don't think, I, if anything, I think if you're a good big, Calipari is maybe too dependent on you. It, like It's not like if you're a good big, I, I would question how you'd be used at Kentucky or there'd be some scares about how you're developed. I, I don't, I don't understand it. And people can, uh, and so many Kentucky fans, and this was back when I was covering recruiting and, and even still to this day, it happens. And Travis Graft and Jack Pilgrim and Ben Roberts, they, they can, they can tell you they hear it as well, but like people bringing up scal as a reason why Kentucky doesn't recruit bigs anymore. And it's just, it's just silly because first off, scal didn't have the greatest one year as a freshman at Kentucky. That's a no-doy comment. Everybody knows that. Still a first-round pick, folks. Like, he still was a one-and-done first-round pick. Do you know how many people across the world would kill for that opportunity? 
Now, you may say, but he was a number one recruit, and then he dropped. And if he never played college basketball, he would have made more money. And it, he, he, he certainly would have. But at some point, people kind of would have figured out that Scow was a little soft, needed to bulk up, was not a bruiser, not a banger, shied away from contact, and was strictly a stretch four. Would have happened eventually. And it oh, just oh. so happened that he took the chance going to Kentucky. Still a first-round pick, folks, guaranteed money. So it's not like Scal went to Kentucky and you, he never picked up a basketball ever again. It's also just a lazy take because the following year, Bam Adebayo was in Kentucky. And what it was he – did he become a lottery pick? He went – he's been to the NBA Finals. He's won a medal. Like, I don't – Of course. It's a lazy-ass take. It's a, and, just a and, lazy, lazy take. One out of five. Well, the like, thing is, I, he, and had I don't, a, he had a miss. And I don't think so much Kentucky fans are making that take to say that that's why they think it's happening, but that's what that's what they hypothesize, that they hear that, that the negative recruiting, that they bring up Scal. And uh, every, every place has a big that was a big recruit and a little underwhelming. Or if they don't, then why would you want to go be a big at that place and and take the risk of the unknown? But did Marquise Bolden end up having a, a great – career duke oh, i'm man. pretty sure he was a five star and pretty sure that he was supposed to be a one and done but does duke duke never can get another big so like the, the it's not a negative recruiting thing and if it is from a player from five years ago when john calipari has had uh two other bigs be number one draft picks and other bigs go in the lottery and certainly a lot of other bigs go in the first round of the nba draft so that's malarkey let's just Get that out of our brains because that's not the reality of the situation going on here. And the sooner we can get that out of our brains, the sooner, Roush, we can start moving on to, to what it actually could be, which I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um, there, a lot of folks push back on this, and I'm all right with it because at the end of the day, it's just people's opinions. But I, I think it's just bad luck as much as I hate to say it. Like I just think Kentucky's finishing second and a lot of recruitments for bigs. And I think they finished in second for a lot of recruitments for bigs for a few years now. And you wish you could snap your fingers, Roush, and start finishing first, but recruiting's hard. And John Calipari kind of woke up the rest of college basketball with recruiting back in 2010, 2011, 2012, where everybody realized we don't need to build programs over the course of three and four years we can we can win now, and we need to go start prioritizing these kids and put them on a pedestal and make them feel the most important that they possibly could be. And then part of it's Kentucky's always recruited nationally from from a recruiting stand, standpoint. Their recruiting base is the United States and really, quite frankly, the world. So now home teams are putting more priority on some of their home guys, and, and not that Bona grew up and – loved growing up in LA, but we've seen Cal's track record with West Coast guys. It's harder. You get people in their ears. You think about it. It's just, it, it's a tougher, it's a tougher animal than it used to be in that regard. Um, people like Lively though, that, that one just stung. And what can yeah. you go on a plane for a Duke coach that's never coached a game before Kentucky's putting together the super recruiting class. You seem like you've got the inside track on them at one point. That one I'm much more upset about than Bona. Kentucky's going to get a better player than Bona, and that's no disrespect to Bona. He'll be a great player. He will be in time. He will be a good, good college basketball well, player. But Kentucky will get somebody better. Lively's the one that I just I, I yeah. would like. I wonder what UK behind the scenes would say there. Just hey, we missed. It does happen. You, you mentioned something too. You said something there that felt like Kentucky had the inside track on. I think that's what's most frustrating about all of this is at one point. 
in almost every single one of these bigs recruitment, you felt like Kentucky was the favorite or one or two. You know what I mean? And the fact that they've just consistently swung and missed, uh, you know, going back to Mo Bamba. Like, yeah, that, that's the part that I think is – what what really can agitate the big blue nation and rightfully so because you, eventually one of these dudes you got to get and and i i think there's also as much as you can find quality bigs in the portal be nice to just have one of these guys again be real nice yeah it would it would uh but this class is still going to be really really good i, I and I, I said this on twitter i think i've said it on the radio show i've never cared less about UK missing out on a player than Bona. And I don't know if that's because he kind of came on the scene a little late in the game. It wasn't the quickest or most rapidly moving recruitment we've ever had in UK land, far from it as a matter of fact. But it was one that like you didn't have enough time to really fall in love with the dude. He's been a high riser, moved up the, the recruiting rankings. He's big. I, I love players like him on college basketball teams. If Kentucky does hit the portal this year, and we're not even sure if they were going to need to. What if you return your entire front court? Because it is, it is possible. It's theoretically possible. Everybody would have remaining years of eligibility left. That being said, I, I would be shocked if it did happen. But if you're going to hit the portal, I would like to go get a player similar to bonus build, and you can get somebody that's probably more experienced. Well, certainly that's more experienced and have proven it on the college level. It is it is head scratching, but I've never really cared less about a recruitment a recruit going elsewhere than in the bona recruitment, and and that's being a spoiled Kentucky fan. I'm sure someday you'll look back when Calipari's long and gone and say, "Oh, you didn't care about missing out on a five star recruit." That's the reality of it. You can get somebody better in the portal. That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, speaking of announcements though, we have Case and Wallace. That's coming up right, like November eleventh, I want to say. And then uh, on the football side, Barry and Brown said over the weekend, two or three weeks, he'll probably make a decision. So some uh, big big news, big news right around the corner. So Bona, we hardly knew thee. Yeah, and uh, it. There will be good basketball news. There'll be good football news. Plenty to get pumped up about. It, it, I, I feel some of the air coming out of the fan base, Roush, just because you, you, football teams lost too straight. And with the bye week, now you got to go back to like the middle, the middle early October to go back to the last win. Basketball, I, I feel like the fan perspective on basketball, we're going to talk about this during the break. Here's my tease. The fan perspective on basketball in just like 10 days, has kind of, I felt like it's changed a little bit. I don't know if there's anything to do with UK's exhibition game or every national media member has been raving about Paulo Banchero, but I felt like Kentucky fans were confident about beating Duke and now they don't think they're going to win. We're going to talk about that when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kaler. We'll be back after this. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes. How much have you had to drink, man? Oh, how much have I had to drink? Hey, how many pots have you smoking? What are you talking about? Oh, how many times have you gone to the bathroom in your life? Let me ask you that. You know what? You don't have an answer for that, do you? Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. 
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. I want to continue our conversation we were talking during the break, but about we can just save that during the yeah. next break. We've got more important things to That's talk a very about. Trevor Kelsey topic. Well, it, there, there's – yes, it is. Well, obviously. Anything that can just <laughs> take the conversation in totally different directions is Trevor Kelsey. And anytime I do that, I'm just like, ah, yep, Trevor wore off on me. I've spent too many years doing radio with the big guy. I still have a little bit of that in me. And, Roush, I still have – a little bit of salseritas left over from the party on Saturday, and I'm not stopping munching on these wildly addictive chips. They've got two locations in Louisville, so you can get some wildly addictive chips today for lunch. You can go to the Middletown location or the St. Matthews location. They have a drive through in Middletown out there on Shelbyville Road, so highly recommend salseritas for the fastest, quickest Mexican in town. It's delicious, and Excited to announce this. Louisville will be hosting a Dine to Donate on Friday, November 12th. Salsaritas will be hosting a Dine to Donate on Friday, November 12th in honor of Bravehearts. They're kicking off their Season of Giving campaign all day. 15% of the food on November 12th will be donated to the Bravehearts. Uh, Not exactly sure what the Bravehearts are, but I bet it's probably something that is good. If Salsaritas is doing it, it's probably for a good cause and a very important cause. So let's all just circle our calendars. Salsaritas, November 12th. Let's go there. And That's a Friday. Oh, Statistically yeah. the best day to get Salsaritas. People do say that, Justin. A lot of people yeah. say that. Ooh, even more so than Taco Tuesday, which today is. That's a close second. Today is Taco Tuesday. People which a, a big suck at the Taco Bell for giving out free tacos, but not on Tuesday. Yeah, who cares? It's a taco. I'm just saying, if you're going to give it a free taco, just do it on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't, you know, beggars, beggars chooser situation. Hmm. Hey, let's talk about another situation going on in the wide world of sports, and that's UK fans losing confidence in this game against Duke. Why is that? Tell me about that. How does that make you feel? Mm hmm. Man, you are in. I, I don't even know what circles in the internet you're on. If you're, I, no, you haven't. You, you don't think you've noticed that at all? No, really, not, not even. I don't. I. I mean, but you're not a message like, board. You're not a message board guy. No, of course not. Like, well, then, so your only circles are your mentions. Yeah, but like, I just people in general. I have had about like with conversations with other like-minded Kentucky fans. I don't know. Just conversations with Kentucky fans. I don't know anybody that's even talking about basketball season. So, like, all right, that's part of it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I no. I, I, not not uh, completely off my radar. So, please do explain what's going on in the message board. This has got to be just, like, preseason paranoia, right? That That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, but when does when does Kentucky ever have preseason paranoia? Generally, it's preseason overblown hyperbole. It, like, it's generally, this is, everybody buckle up, this is about to be fun. Well, Which is honestly what I'm like trying to do, because I've watched that exhibition, and I don't care what the score was, but I was like, fine. I, honestly, it could have just been anything but last year, and I probably would have loved it if I'm just going to be completely 
like just you know if John if Justin's gonna be honest, then I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm the I, I just would have loved anything that wasn't last year. But no, I, I it's generally overhype, and this year I think people are getting nervous as the season approaches. I don't understand it. Is that a direct result of off of last year's teams? A hundred percent. It's it's people do, like this is just a defense mechanism. Like I don't want to get hurt again because the last time I saw Kentucky play basketball, they lost to Mississippi State in the first round of the SEC tournament on a freaking Thursday. Okay, it was a nine win season. It was terrible. This is just people putting their guard up because they don't want to get hurt again like they got hurt last year. They do it during football all the time, and now they're doing it to basketball. People forget that was on my birthday. Luckily, one bad year. The day uh, the pandemic started. Well, no, around pandemic time, but not the exact day, as we've established. No, we've not. We've. That Yahoo, think it has been established. Yahoo did, Yahoo did an article on our radio show, and they said that it didn't start that day. So, suck it. Suck it. Now, I, you know, the game's coming one way or another. I just – I Paulo Benchero is going to have a big game. He's going to be tough to guard. He's going to get Kentucky players in foul trouble. UK is better at every other position, in my opinion. And maybe you can make a, a a case that the five positions a push, which is debatable, but that's fine, even if it's a push. So advantage in the front court, Duke, wing and back court, Kentucky. So bring it on. At minimum, it should be a close game. It's a November freaking basketball game. So if Kentucky even does lose, who cares? You learn from it, you move on. I mean, we'll care. You never want to lose to little rat face Dukey, but no. Not talking about your son, obviously, Ralph. Right, right. That being said, you want to beat them. It's not the end of the world if you don't win. And I still think Kentucky should win. Like, it's still a game that I I think Kentucky has more experience, even if not playing together. But Duke has tons of inexperience in in that regard as well. But they don't have as much college minute experience. And Kentucky's got the shooters as well. Not something we could have said last year. That's true. It's true. Yeah. I've just been I, and, fascinated to see like a summer where people were super hyped up and that excitement not not grow like gasoline. It generally explodes by the time the season starts. But now it's almost like, ah, eh, okay. Well, I, Kentucky fans for the first time ever are being cautious, and I just don't get it. And and we're be, I'm being a big time psychoanalyst here and trying to provide big blue nation therapy. But I mean, if this is Two weeks ago in the football season, and you're getting ready to play Georgia this weekend, then Kentucky fans are talking about beating Duke next week, too. It's kind of like the 2018 year where it's like, we're going to beat Georgia, we're going to go to Atlanta, and then we're going to beat Duke. And then it just went the opposite way. Right now, the football team is realigned. It's got our confidence on shaky ground, so it's kind of bleeding over to the basketball side of things. Don't worry, folks. I think that's it. I think that's unrelated. I think that's it. I think that just, I think people are like, have been put back in a time machine to 2018 where a dream UK football season and still, folks, how did that one turn out? Turned out really fun. Just remember that. But the football season was in kind of a dark place. The basketball team got their teeth kicked in. And guess what? That basketball team should have gone to a Final Four. It's really, really, that's one of Cal's most frustrating losses. that 2018-2019 team should have gone to a Final Four. If they get to that Final Four, they certainly could have won it all. Uh, that loss to Auburn was bad. But that being said, I think that's it, Roush. I think you nailed it. Yep. 
Yep, we did it. Missing so. out on recruits, football teams losing, UK fans for whatever reason weren't like thrilled with that exhibition game. I guess I understand not being thrilled with it, but I definitely don't understand being disappointed or scared or nervous by it. And then I think they just see the headlines from Benchero and he dominated Villanova and the Duke beat whoever they played in an exhibition game. They were up like 55 to seven on Winston, Winston Salem state. Did you know that was a college? No, um, I'm guessing it's the community college in Wake Forest land. Right. Well, it's in Winston Salem. So I think you're probably close. Boom. It's like the school that's across from Notre Dame that, uh, St. Mary's Rudy had to go to. What was it? I think St. Mary's, but I thought St. Mary's was right. the all girl. I thought it was an all girls one, or maybe they, they there's some myth. It. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever the whatever it is. All right, so that's our football UK fan base getting a little nervous discussion. Roush, I, I got a this was a surprise to me yesterday. Just kind of scrolling through, wasn't on my phone a, a great deal. New helmets for the Tennessee game. Tell me more. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Okay. Um, we got to tease. Make, make, then make it up. We got, make it uh, up. We got we're live radio. Got to have something. Gold. Hell wow. <laughs> we did it. Gold helmets. Gold domes. God, that would look terrible. Unless they wore the black jerseys. No, that might look, be all right. It would look horrible. I do, I do wish UK would bring back the old school yellow. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. UK uh, used to be blue and yellow, like not blue and white, blue and yellow. People forget that. But then they the the white was much easier than the, the it was a really like faded color yellow. This was way back in the heyday. It was a really faded color yellow and the white was just much easier to print and do all that stuff with. So they went with the white instead of the yellow. But I say bring back the yellow as a third color. Um, I say we get wacky because I don't I don't have an answer to a helmet, but I would like um, I would like to get wacky. Shall we? Oh, yeah. What I don't know. On what a Tuesday? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Let's let's get wacky um, because there was a very viral story that happened last night. That's just it checks a lot of KRC boxes um, and it happened down in Texas. Uh, Tom Campbell said, I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special team coach Jeff Banks's monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. And people immediately like, Texas? What? What is going on? First Bevo attacks the Georgia Bulldog Ugga, and now this? And somebody said, you mean the monkey of his girlfriend and banks um apparently he has a new girlfriend um she has an alter ego by the name of pole assassin and uh she uses the monkey as a part of her dancing act so that was that was what was happening on the internet uh last night uh, Justin, do we believe that this story is true or not? 
I don't know that I even fully understand what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, Roush, you were talking slower than molasses. I don't know if you <laughs> wanted people to follow along with your story, but you certainly were were making it pretty difficult. Uh, there's this coach at Texas, and his girlfriend had a monkey that supposedly bit somebody on Halloween night, and like dug his teeth, the monkey's teeth, into this child's arm. And then this girlfriend was on Twitter and just being like, that's not true. If the monkey did bite anybody, it was the kid's fault because he was locked away in a cage and shouldn't have been coming back here. And then somebody tweeting her was like, your lawyers are probably foaming at the mouth seeing you tweet all this. And she was like, what lawyers? Nobody's even contacted me. So she didn't realize the maybe severity of the situation of what had been going on. But definitely yeah. sounds like there was a monkey Halloween incident on Halloween, uh, on the, Halloween night in Texas. The, the, the part that you need to be clear on too she goes by pole assassin so very very interesting who does story. The, the girl girlfriend. yeah that's her uh stage name okay i'm with you now i got gotcha. you <laughs> I, I i feel like there's i don't know i feel like you hear about pet monkeys doing crazy stuff frequently that's because they're not supposed to be pets exactly and- <laughs> Wait, like TJ, I know you make things pretty spooky all the time, but like, Thank that you. is a step way too far, way too far. Yeah, and it is. I guess that's going to. I mean, probably sounds like there's going to be a lawsuit coming their way. Uh, but that being said, I guess if you legally have a pet monkey, I don't even know how you'd even go about doing all that, and certainly would not ever want to do all that. But, like, if you've got it locked away, kids shouldn't be going and unlocking it. But, oh, don't get me wrong. I would love to have a pet monkey. I would, I would love to have a pet monkey more than anything else, but it's, they're not pets. They have as sharp as teeth as dogs. Yeah, exactly. Like, some of them. like I, I, and they're super smart and super athletic. Like, no, no, th- no, thank you. I agree. I, it's a I mean, KRC universal opinion. It's also impressive, too, that um, the monkey, whose name is Gia, is a part of her pole assassin stage act. So they both climb on the pole. Together. I saw some pictures, and not videos, saw some pictures, and it, monkey looks, monkey's got talent. I'm not saying, you know, not excusing its actions, I'm not saying you should have a monkey pet, but it's, uh, it's it's got it's got some moves. I also love to. There's a, <laughs> a screen grab from a Jerry Springer show tweet. Pole assassin equals the hashtag goat. Is this the greatest pole dancer to ever hit our stage? Hashtag Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh man, I just this is. Is that show know. still around? No, no, he he's he's moved on. I think it's just I all Wilco's now. But and also uh, after dealing like uh, we did the thing at my parents' house for the trick or treaters, you just had the candy on the table and you say, "All right, grab a handful." The kids always grab more. Like they're all they're, they're kids. They're going to do what they're not supposed to do. If you have a haunted house set up and you have a monkey in a cage, you cannot let the kids anywhere near the monkey because they're going to want to put their hands in there. That's just what kids do. Like I guess Paul Assassin hasn't spent enough time around children. Yeah, uh, Shannon O'Bannon tweeted in that she was on Jerry Springer. Um, I'm seeing, yeah, okay, so that's this is the pictures I saw. Yeah, the little the 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 monkey's giving her a high five on the pole. Like that's cute, but doesn't mean you should have it around kids around Halloween. But I guess we'll get the full story on all that 
Uh, going back to the helmets, how about a power keg? That would be cool. I uh, also don't we get like a helmet tease like this once every three years, and then just nothing ever happens. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Really, really think that that's more likely than anything. I I, I say Kentucky just like you don't you can't look at anything at Kroger Field on Saturday without seeing a checkerboard helmets, jerseys, field stands, people. Oh, just really rub it in Tennessee's face. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Tennessee, all their graphics now are like way big time checkerboard, yeah. and I, I, you know, I don't think this is the time to kind of back down. I think we need to go way, uh, way in front and, and do super checkerboard. Did we ever talk about Mitch Barnhart getting extended? We did it. That, that little why? Friday news dump. Yeah, why? Why are we still doing that? Didn't he have a pretty long contract already? I think it's like through 2025, 2026, which people forget like isn't, you know, it's going to be here before we know it. That's like another graduating class at UK now, which is crazy and wild to, to say out loud. But I, I'm not, I, I'm not like outraged by it. I think it was a, like the only concern part I am in all seriousness is just like, all right. I, I hope his opinions on nil are ever growing and I hope he's willing to keep developing in this era of nil, but like the, the alcohol stuff, I just keep telling myself he's eventually going to have to come around on it. And I don't know why I'm doing that. Cause he's probably not like, he's probably not just going to change his mind on it. Uh, it is dumb, but he's done a lot for UK athletics across the board for the most part are better. The facilities are better. He gets probably a little too much credit for that just because when athletic programs have money, you have to spend it. So it's, it's good that that money's being spent. The sec deals are sweeter than they've ever been. UK has more money now than they know what to do with, but he's, he's improved things. And you look across the board for the most part, the athletic programs are solid with maybe one or two exceptions a year that's that all those are good things. Football he's committed to. It took him long enough, but we got there. And now we need to get that indoor facility. And now you got to get Mark Stoops locked in for a longer time. And uh, these are challenges that I I hope that he's able to do, Roush. And as much as we give him crap and as much as he can be super frustrating, it, we always do say that he's done a good job. Yep. 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 Uh, just don't expect to be able to buy beer at Kroger Field uh, before 2026 or whatever it is. It, and just because I'm ready for a change of pace, and I think that Dwayne, you know, I think Dwayne Peavy would do a great job, but that doesn't mean that Kentucky doesn't have a great athletic director. Just he's stubborn. He's he's very very stubborn, and that can get frustrating. Hour one done. How about that, folks? Woo! Nice. Should we go to hour number two? Let's go to it. Yeah. Man, nah. nah, let's not. Okay, Wait. this is just a one-hour show. Sorry, folks. We'll be back. Hour two. Kentucky roll call. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush. Justin K. help us when you're feeling better and we realize that it might not be for a long, long time. Willing to wait on you. We believe in everything that you can do if you could only lay down your mind. Over? You say over? I heard no family! Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome 
Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Remember, text on into the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. And pop by Thornton's on your way into the office today. If you're not already in, get some coffee, some donuts. Don't forget, if you're fueling up, use your refreshing rewards app, the Thornton's app. You're going to save some money. Save you a couple cents here and there on each gallon, and then it adds up where it's like a few bucks. And then if you fuel up frequently, that turns into a lot of bucks. And before you know it, Roush, you made a great financial decision by scanning your app at Thornton's. Man, I went to another one the other day, too. I'm So my new house is kind of in between two Thornton's, just depending on where I'm going to and from. And I was at a newer one, and... They had the kind of you scan deal where it, it, it felt like I was in almost like a big city because I could just quickly grab my breakfast burrito, scan it, and not have to worry about waiting in line and get out the door. I was in and out so fast, which that really is the 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 kicker. Like the speed there. If you're running behind, you always got enough time to be able to stop at Thorn. So stop in today uh, before you hit the work. Absolutely. And text on in to the show, 502-414-1450. We are going to read text messages into the show. Uh, do you want to do that now, Roush, or is there anything else you'd like to, to get to? Can we make fun of Dan Mullen? Oh, yeah. You 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 were fired up about this. Oh, I need to find that. Man, he's just oh. an idiot. Like, like, I can think of... So here here's the thing. Dan Mullen, X's and O's, good football coach, especially making things easy for quarterbacks. He's really good at putting quarterbacks in a position to succeed. But he's really bad when he has to handle any sort of adversity. He gets backed into a corner, and he just lashes out. And right now he's backed into a corner. Florida is 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They're reeling. They've lost to Kentucky this year, which I know Florida fans just – Hate with the fury of a thousand suns. They almost had their first shutout in decades to their rival Georgia in the cocktail party. Just got embarrassed in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And after the game, Kirby Smart said, uh, I believe you better always be recruiting. Always be recruiting. Because if you're not, somebody else is. The biggest knock that Florida fans have on Dan Mullen is his inability to recruit at one of the easiest schools to recruit at. And then on Monday, he was asked about recruiting. Here's what he had to say. Uh, Coach, the topic of recruiting has come up a lot the last couple of days from a few angles. Uh, is there a different approach needed for the, the level no. of consistency? Well, of we're, we're in the season right now. We'll do recruiting after the season. When it gets this recruiting time, we can talk about recruiting. Sounds good. Hey, okay. Uh, hey, Next question. Next question. And uh, he took a few next questions. Then ended the press conference prematurely and then canceled all media opportunities for the rest of the week. Nothing to see here. No, nothing wrong here. Nobody panic. For, no, nothing's wrong, TJ. Yeah, I, I don't understand how it. these grown adults can't just suck it up and act normal for a 20 to 40 minute press conference. If even that really maybe 10 to 30 minutes nowadays, but it, it's crazy. Dude, like 
<laughs> I don't understand it. Like what losers? Roush, we do radio two hours every day. Sometimes on very little sleep. Sometimes we have nothing to talk about. Sometimes we're in bad moods. And do we ever just act like complete and total jerks? Mm, sometimes, but rarely, very rarely. Yeah, like, you know, either jokingly or there'll be a outburst, but even that could be considered good for radio. Right. What Dan Mullen just does is not good for anybody. It's not good for him. It's not good for Florida. It's not good for recruiting. It's not good for fans. It's not good for morale. It's not good for – ain't good for nothing. And I, I don't understand how hard it is just to, like, put on a brave face – be a big boy, get up there, smile, say the right things, and then just move on with your day. And if you're frustrated, you can go exercise or do this, whatever you need to do. This man makes $7.6 million a year. That is his job. What in the hell? How can he How can he cancel all of his media opportunity? I don't oh, understand. That's, his, that's also, literally your job, dude. I'd also just be embarrassed leaving that and being like, proud of myself with the way I acted as a human. Not that like that's the end of the world or like that's the worst thing a coach has ever done in a press conference and he just clearly is annoyed and bothered and doesn't want to address that stuff. But it's such a layup question. Like I know. Yeah, like we, you should have a canned answer ready. We, that's we're the always that recruiting. We think yeah. we've got as much, if not more, to offer than any other school in this country. And we we still every day we're identifying the right guys to be a Florida Gator. Like yeah. it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. And How it, did the go ahead, Nick? Go ahead. The part that kills me too is that we'll talk about it when it's recruiting time. Like, dude, this is recruiting time. Signing day is two weeks after the season. Are you only going to talk about recruiting like once the regular season ends? No. Oh, just so stupid. I was just going to say, what is what do the kids feel like that they've actually been in contact with for the last several weeks? And he's just basically saying, ah, we're not recruiting right now. Do you think but, Florida I mean, could move in a different direction this year, Roush? They See, just gave him an extension. That's that's the odd part, too, yeah, because oh, he came off his really best seen. year. But, yeah, I don't – you know, I, I, the, the, it's definitely become more tenuous, that relationship. And the part that Mullen doesn't understand, too, is that, like, the back half of his schedule is very easy. Like, they're playing South Carolina, I think Vandy. Like, they – or not Vandy, but they they should win out. And they'll finish 8-4, and four, and you can kind of buy some time. But he's just – he's so contentious all the time. Whenever the media asks anything, he doesn't want to ask. And I know that – I think I saw somebody say that, like, the media isn't going like that. They're not going to make your job better, but they can make your job more difficult. And I just don't know why at a place like Florida, he thinks he should act like that. Like this one dude from rivals was throwing a fit, just an absolute fit yesterday. And it's like, you know, that, that doesn't, it's not going to hurt you that bad, but like, this dude's covering your recruiting. Your recruiting's bad. Don't you want him to be like, I, it just, he is doing things unnecessarily to make his life miserable as the Florida head coach. And as a part of being the Florida head coach, recruiting that, that, that pressure is a part of the job. That's why Chip Kelly did not take the job. Dan Mullen had been to Florida. He said he was built for it. Well, apparently he's not. Apparently he's not. 
I would understand if Dan Mullen was at a school like Idaho and getting paid $600,000 a year. I, I would understand that, being frustrated. That's not an easy place to recruit. You're not making much money in terms of what the other coaches are making. But you're, like you said, I mean, it's, it, it's such an easy place to recruit. You're making $7.6 million a year. What, what could be so wrong in your life that you have to act like that? I, just, I don't get it. Doesn't help that he also always has kind of the clueless look on his face on the sideline. Yep, very, very <laughs> dumb face. Kind of puts him behind the eight ball before he even gets started. All right, let's uh, get to this Thornton sex line. 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. First text says, that Jurassic Park rejoin will never get old. That was for Monday's show. A good reminder to go download the Kentucky Roll Call podcast. Uh, it's an easy way to listen. Wherever you get your podcast, just Google it, Kentucky Roll Call Podcast. And then we go 7 to 9, Monday, Friday, replay 9 to 11. And you can always tell your Alexa or Siri or Google Voice or whatever. The, I don't I just I never know what the Google one is. You can just say, play Big X Sports Radio, and they will. So plenty of ways to listen. And then wherever you listen, leave a reviewer rating and join us on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page for shenanigans left and right. Texter says, you absolutely do not move on from Chris Rodriguez. He'll be perfectly fine. How? Yeah, but do, do we know I'm that? I'm pretty sure he's uh... – my guess, so Stoops was um, was a little adversarial yesterday. He was ticked off by the game, and then uh, somebody asked him if he his team was choking on the first question of the pe- press conference. Really set the tone, made the rest of our jobs much easier by asking a question like who, that. Who asked that? Um, uh, Oscar. Yeah, that guy. Who's wait? Who's no, Oscar? It's not Oscar Combs. It's, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know what. It's it's Oscar. He he's he's a real piece of work. Real trip. <laughs> I need to learn more about this Oscar fella. He's the guy who um, would I recognize him? Yes, he always wears the army hat. In the holiday season, he'll wear a Santa hat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Who does he write for? No idea. Don't know. He's still, he, he's still he's still going to these press conferences. He's still allowed, and he always says. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Yeah, he does. And, so he uh, was the one that. So he just said, "Yeah, I was wondering about the choking question. That was weird." Yeah, really set the tone there. So when we tried to ask, like, "Hey, what's going on with these guys?" We just well, Stoops was just very. Uh, I said very. I said, "I'm not trying to be a prick." Well, usually you pre- you say that before you're being a prick. Um, so. Uh, but we didn't get much injury information. But it's it, the way he kind of let some things slip in and out. Sounds like Rodriguez hurt his hand or something along those lines during practice last week. Uh, he put the gloves back on. He hadn't been wearing them since the South Carolina game. He couldn't handle a toss sweep. He couldn't catch it. Something was going on there. I don't know exactly what. Soup said it was not the wrist. But it sounds like it was something else. Uh, so... I hope he'll be fine, uh, but I, I can't say with certainty one way or another. Yeah, I, I, while we were kind of, you know, railing on Dan Mullen, full disclosure, Stoops can sometimes be a little a little whiny. Not whiny is the right word, but he can be a little grumpy. I think that's a better word to use. He can be a little grumpy in press conferences from time to time, and I think he would he would admit to that. But 
and that you shouldn't you shouldn't you should just fake it till you make it at worst or just be normal and be yourself because that's when stoops is at his best but and and i will at least say that i like stoops being himself on monday was being angry so like you know i think he he was gonna be ticked off even if somebody didn't ask him if he was choking um but i mean when they read (laughs) jeff drummond was like 36 of 39 like what do you beat your cornerbacks over the head? I mean, what do you, what do you do? And he's like, you know, when I first heard that, the first thought that came to my head was, put a gun to my head. It's like, oh, so Stoops is very, <laughs> he's, he's not Jeez. pulling back, not pulling any punches. He was very, very unhappy with the way those defensive backs played Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand, understandably so. And that, that's just that's part of the frustration and part of the part of the I, I guess reason for optimism is that Stoops is a defensive genius. He has forgotten more on that side of the ball than I will ever know. And I understand that and I trust him to get this stuff figured out. But that's what also makes it so frustrating is you're just getting killed by a thousand different stabs. Uh, just like having, you know, death by paper cuts, as they say. And I, that just like, why couldn't you fix it during the game? Why couldn't you make it better? And yes, the depth is an issue and talent's not exactly where you want to be in some areas on the on that side of the ball. But I trust him to get it right. Obviously, he's not happy with that. Yep. Nobody, nobody would be. But it's still that when you're when you're pretty set on your ways, and he did make changes, obviously. Uh, but when you're kind of set in your ways, and the team is locked in, it's it's not going to be good news. No, no, not going to be good news. He did have some good news that we tried to prof. Like I, I tried, but Tom Leach eventually got him to admit that uh, Dear Jackson was dressed on the sideline. He's going to play this year at some point. So, did not anticipate that. He suffered a torn Achilles in the spring. Was it projected to fill Jamin Davis's spot at middle linebacker? Uh, when he went down, UK went and got Jacquez Jones from the transfer portal. Turned out to be a huge addition. But getting Jackson back, that would be significant. That would be a, a good positive sign for this defense that's well, pretty banged up right now. Pretty banged up right now. Yeah, uh, that that's – just cool to hear that that's going to happen this year and hope it helps. But uh, I'm sure at some point it will, whether this season or not uh, down the road, just to be able to shake off the rust, kind of get, get used to things will be, will be a big deal. Let's get back to the Thornton sex line. Let's do it. A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says if the refs don't call that fumble on rodriguez where he was clearly down we probably don't sit him the rest of that half and we probably go into the half with the lead yeah i, I don't think so texture that's I a lot of ifs and what's and candies and butts especially like i mean who knows how like there something's going on there injury wise so they probably weren't going to feed him a ton regardless Regardless you think of, you, you think injury wise or could it be discipline wise? No, it's it's I'm about a hundred percent certain it's injury wise. He got he got hurt in practice last week. I just don't know what it was, and I think it's the hand because he wasn't fumbling with gloves and he put the gloves back on. All so right, I think he's only doing that 
if he believes that he has to have them on or else his hand or something's going to be hurting. What's a what's a little glove going to do with a broken hand? Uh, I don't know, but when my hands hurt, well, when especially in the cold, I know it wasn't necessarily the case at Mississippi State, but um, like the the gloves did help a lot when it came to just getting hit. Like it just doesn't hurt as bad. So maybe because like he might not have had a broken hand, it could just be a gnarly bruise and like some swelled fingers or something because he took a face mask to it. You know, I do agree that like the psychology of a glove, I agree. But like the reality of it, if it's a wide receiver catching glove, that's, if you have a broken hand, you're still absorbing those hits and that's still going to hurt. Now, if it's a special fit glove or something, then that would be another thing. But that's an interesting observation, Roush. Yeah. And he wouldn't have put those gloves back on. Like we asked him about it and he was like, well, I didn't fumble before the gloves. Take the gloves off. Not fumbling now. So he, he wouldn't put them on if he felt the absolute need to. Yeah, well, let's hope that's uh, coming off a of bye week too. It's not not ideal, but you think it happened during the bye week, and that would uh, that that's one theory. That's one theory. So it's just a theory. Um, another texture on the Thorn Sex on says the funny thing about this team is that Frederick and Allen are probably going to be the fewest minutes out of the backcourt. Grady, Tata, and Mintz are making shots. There's not a ton of reason to play those guys. It's a good point, texture. Very good point. Well, it'll depend what at what clip they're making their shots, and I know you're insinuating by if they're making their shots that it's that that it's a, a number that we're all happy with. But you got to remember, is Frederick was at forty eight percent, basically a coin flip every time he lets it fire from his hands. Uh, that's that if it's if it's 10, 12 percentage points better. I, that that's going to be something that that UK is going to have to consider. Now, if it's four, five percentage points better, if you've got any of those guys around forty-two or forty-three percent, then yeah, you're not going to worry about it so much. But yeah, remember, Frederick is one of the best shooters in in college basketball. One of the best but, shooters, not in the you know what out of three hundred and however many teams there are, he is one of the best of them. That's that's something worth remembering. Well, and Dante Allen didn't he have two games with? Seven threes last year. Yeah, and he's a like great that? You know, he, That's a guy you want on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So it will depend how how good they're shooting, but I I get it, and you are right that if they're if they're knocking down more shot if they're knocking down the shots that they need to be knocking down, then it's going to be even tougher for Frederick and Allen to get on the court. Much more difficult. Right, it is. I concur. You can always just start reading. If you, if you weren't paying, you, you can always read the next text if you weren't okay. paying attention. It, it flows, no, I was paying attention. I just. Flows, well, you obviously weren't paying attention. <laughs> it just flows better if you read the next one. Go ahead. Well, you have to be able to read. It's pretty interesting how Cal has really struggled to land his top high school big target recently. I would imagine opposing coaches are just hammering the point that he doesn't let his fives play away from the basket. We'll be completely fine next year. It's just an interesting trend. At least in bonus case, too. The handler quotes to recruiting reporters always talked about how many touches he was going to get, and that just felt like square peg in a round hole. Yeah, I, whatever on the touches stuff, but I, the the narrative that Cal doesn't let his bigs float either just is not true, and he's gotten better at it. But every big's been able to have that elbow jumper. Now I will. He doesn't let his five shoot a ton of threes. That's not a norm. And if that's really that big of an issue, then 
then like go somewhere else. Like you have better. You should. Yeah. You, you I mean, should. The five should theoretically be the worst shooter, the worst shooting from that far. Just if you're going by percentages, so yeah. it's not the norm. That's so. Yes, you are right. Then just go somewhere else. If that's if that's such a big hiccup for you. But he he loves baseline jumpers and elbow jumpers all the time from his bigs. And if you're if you can knock those down consistently, why would he not want you to be able to make shots for him? It doesn't make any sense. Now, if you're a bruiser, he likes to, in crunch time, go to you, which also, why would you not like that? So I, I don't understand why bigs are shying away, but I think the the most likely explanation is just a string of bad luck, just a string of finishing second. Oh, it stinks, man. but it happens. It does stink. And he, nothing else really would make sense. That, that, that's the part too that makes this all confounding and confusing is that just there's no there's it's almost like an unsolved mystery where you just can't put your finger on it there's no regional reasonable or logical explanation behind it it's just not nope a texter on the thornton's text line quick question guys how did y'all meet did y'all ever hang out in college or anything i'm uh, interested too it was a dark and stormy night <laughs> um sure i don't know when the first time we ever like officially met i'm sure it was just at a press conference or something like that and we said hey to one another yeah we did yeah. a lot of um tweeting and stuff probably back and forth and then uh yeah we were I not remember, friends in college we didn't hang out yeah yeah i remember running the same circles i think i think it actually was at a tailgate a uk football tailgate uh, over by bctc and waller Okay. Where I had friends over there, and you were close. So I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And we ended up chatting it up for a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, that that yeah. sounds about right. And then we uh, did a Game of Thrones podcast together, and that went pretty well. So then we we ponied that into a radio show, and yeah. the rest is history. Woo! The rest is history. Uh, another text from Thorne's text on says, "Why can't KRC and KSR just be friends?" A sports fan to me feels like he is watching his parents argue. You are great radio talents, and split screen during a broadcast is objectively dumb. Don't call us your parents. And that being said, I I like it. Drew's great. Ryan seems like one of the nicest guys in the world. Shannon. One of the most legendary producers, not named Scooter Dingus or Trevor in the radio biz. They're great. Great folks. Texter says, starting to worry about Dan Mullen at Florida because that is a job I could see Soup strongly considering. And sadly, I wouldn't blame him for it either. One more thing about the previous text, too, is I do agree with you about the split screens during a broadcast. When the game's going on, want to watch the game. I'm very clear about that. Uh, Stoops in Florida. I Florida fans, Stoops offense, they'd have to they'd have to have something in the works yeah. for an OC to make that to make to be on board with that. Like I, also, the, Florida, they think that Kentucky is so beneath them. Do you really think they would hire a Kentucky coach? Like, come on, yeah, don't no, don't see that. And what if Kentucky just hired Dan Mullen? Whoa. The, the old coaching swap. But, like, uh, that's – um it, as Justin put it earlier, it's different at different places. Like, you can get away with – the like, the Dan Mullen stuff, he was able to get away with that at Mississippi State. He could at Kentucky. He could have success, place like that. Maybe Ford is a little above his pay grade because he, he should be recruiting better than what he does down there. 
Yeah, he he should. I but how like what are I guess I need to read an article on the where has he been finished in the last few years? Very badly. Like what's very badly? Give me a number. Um, I'll look at the 2020 recruiting rankings really quickly. Um, but I'd want it like to know 2020, 2019, 2018. I mean, it's like top 20, but it's not top 10. And you're in the state of Florida. And there's a big difference between, you know. So he was ninth last year. Okay, so that's um, top 10. So just inside of it. Uh, let's see. 2019. <laughs> top, top 10. Um, ninth again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I that, that I don't think that's really worth getting all that bent out of shape about. Uh, in the year, so his first year, fourteenth. Yeah, but no, but it's it's worth getting bent up in shape over about because I think if you went to uh, the difference in five stars and four stars, I'm sure it's dramatic. Zero five stars and eighteen, um, only going to be zero five stars and nineteen, and. I think it's going to be zero five stars in 20. This is the type of mindset that just has gotten coaches grilled up and fired left and right in the SEC that finishing ninth in recruiting rankings isn't good enough. Well, but it's also, TJ, like you have to think about this, how we think of it in basketball scenarios. The way that Georgia has been recruiting, like you, that's who you're compared to. And Georgia has four or five star had four or five stars in the last class, number one overall recruiting class. Like that's who you're compared to. We get all flustered over Duke and stuff like that, and like because that's that's who you're compared to. Georgia and Alabama one two. Like Georgia and Alabama are one two, and Florida is eight nine spots lower. And they need to be in that same kind of company, and they just haven't been under Dan Mullen. I. I'm sure every program would say, yes, I want to finish top of the recruiting class. And yes, Florida should consistently be, I agree, top 15. If it's outside the top 15, that's head scratching. And if it's outside the top 15 consistently, then that's completely and totally unacceptable just because there's too much talent right in your own backyard not to consistently have good recruiting classes. I, I just, I can't get on board that like, that needs to be scrutinized. Yes, Georgia is going on a run right now, but last year, look at the talent Florida had to replace. That they had to replace a lot. Yeah. It happens. It's the SEC, and the SEC it always can snowball for teams. Once you once in October, if you start losing a couple games, some teams start to surge, and then some teams start to kind of fall back. And that's what worries me a little bit is. Uh, Kentucky, you know, too straight. Let's you gotta go take care of business well, against Tennessee. But it, it happens. I, I does anybody? Yeah. Well, and, and that's where Dan Mullen he has to understand that this is a pressure cooker, and you have to just give your canned answers at that point. Sure, I agree. With that. Forward, like because it's because that's what Kirby is doing. Like and like you like you said earlier in the show is you can make this so much easier on yourself with how you talk and respond with the media and with fans because that's you know that's who's kind of eating all this stuff up and just by being a jerk consistently is not doing him any favors. I just I just think like all right top ten recruiting classes. I can it be better? Sure, but like do do you need to? Are you going to be able to go find a coach that can guarantee yourself top five each and every year? I don't know if that's a guarantee. Uh, there may be only certain few guys out there that can do that. But let's go to our last break, come back, and, and wrap up this Thornton's text line. Let's do it. 
We will. This is KRC. I'm Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful. I've sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Suck it, losers! With Walker and Roush. Who them boys that be having a crunk every occasion? This side, just in that side. But in the middle, we stay calm. We just drop bombs. Asking where we come from. South Coast Arms. I don't know what that Sucking Losers is fun from, but that it makes me laugh. Very much oh, that. Sucking. How I Met Your Mother. Oh, nice. Never watched. It was fun enough. I think the wife watched it. Fun enough, she has watched it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine. Oh, this isn't uh, a fun enough show. Did you know we've got some fun football on tonight too? Maction? Maction is back with three, three games tonight. Three games. KRC Curse, Bowling Green getting a new home in the Maction, a shared home with Western Kentucky, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, and then great for regular Western. Bowling Green. Man, great for Western. They. They were getting stuck out in the cold. There was only five teams left in Conference USA. So the Sun Belt wouldn't take them in Middle Tennessee back after they left them a few years ago. So glad to see that WKU has a new home. And, like, you know, it makes some geographical sense. There's a lot of teams from Ohio. And um, we'll get to see them play on Tuesday nights, light up the scoreboards. It'd be fun to go down to a, a matching game down in uh, at Houchin Stadium, watch the uh-huh. Tops play. Those those would be some long, boring drives to some of those other places, but doable, certainly yeah. doable. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I didn't think, obviously, Western was going to to go to the Big 12, but I still think that should be their long-term goals. Was, was, I don't think, and I don't think it's totally and completely impossible. We're talking maybe a decade, two decades down the road, but this is a this is a good home for them, Roush. They, yep. Matt, Maction gets on TV. They score a lot of points. They do. They they can get ranked teams. Uh, you know, it's not super frequent that they have multiple, but uh, they can get some. They can get some solid teams. So, uh, I better than it could have been for Western. That's for sure. Yeah, well done, tops. Tops on top of the Mac. Woo! So what conference USA is just now going to be like this FCS feeder? Welcome to the big leagues league. I don't know. They might just completely dissolve. There's only three teams left. Yeah, I had read something that they made just like the teams that are looking for a conference coming in to FBS could mm-hmm. just go Conference USA, which, yikes. Yeah. You at one point, weren't you, mm. you look like you were doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Such, such is life. What do we got next? Texture on the sex line says, Trevor tries it. Has sex before Justin does. <laughs> if I continue to not apply myself, that will absolutely happen. Now, if I got my head in the game and actually went out and tried, Trevor wouldn't stand a chance. Whoa. Oh, wow. We'll have to ask Suck Mike. It, Trevor. We'll have to see what Trevor on the Mike Rutherford show has to say about this. <laughs> Another texture says, YouTube TV may be the greatest thing ever. Changed my mind. Big fan of it. Big fan of it. Very convenient. Big fan. I'm glad everybody likes it. 
I don't think Kentucky Wesleyan and Miles College really will prepare us for the tremendous upgrade in talent that Duke will put on the floor. I know Duke played at least one cupcake, but they also scrimmaged Villanova. This is Cal's last shot at Coach K. You'd think he'd want to make sure his team wouldn't be in for a rude awakening. I know it's an early season game, but it could have, have lasting ranking and seeding implications. Yeah, but they're just never going to not do – like it, they're always going to play exhibitions against teams like this. They just will. And, and- – I mean, it's it's not going to have lasting ranking implications. Seeding, one team will get a quality win and one team won't. You'll have 12 other opportunities for quality wins, 10 other opportunities for quality wins. So you'll get – it won't be a deal breaker for one or another. But make no mistake about it, Kentucky should win this game. I don't care if Duke played the 91 Olympic team before – or I guess what, the 90 Olympic team. Yeah. 90, 94. No. 92. Wow. Ah, geez. Yeah. Wait, I'm way off. Whoa, yeah. 92 whoa, whoa. Olympic team. Apologies. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I don't care who they scrimmaged. Kentucky still should beat them. Duke will have the best player on the floor. Kentucky will have the next several, in my opinion. So you got to take care of business in that one. Get that quality win. But whether Kentucky wins it or doesn't win it, it's not that, that that's you got you got a lot more season to go. Literally all of it. All of it. Um, uh, did you see the video, too, of the kids at Villanova rushing on the court and just tripping over the elevated floor? I did. <laughs> it was so funny. It looked like they were in, like, a like a fun house or something. Like, what? <laughs> it, just, it just all kept tripping over it. Like, or everybody was just drunk. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, man, that was great. <laughs> That uh, that that was strange. What was what were they rushing the court for? I'm, I'm guessing it was either like a school fun. Like I'm guessing it was some sort of school function, or maybe like a Villanova madness of some sort, where they let the kids run on the court. But it was very funny, very funny. They were just like dominoes, just one after another after another. Just couldn't pick their feet up as they stepped onto the court. <laughs> And also back to that other texter before, I do agree. I wish Kentucky did secret scrimmage. Like I, the 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 exhibition games, there you don't get much out of them at all. If you wanted to do one, whatever, but do one scrimmage, play a Cincinnati or an IU or even a Western, although they'd go bonkers if you did that. Just play somebody close by, gets you a little bit more feel for what you're going up against. Kentucky hits the ground running every year with their schedule. It's not like they pace or ease into it. So uh, I, I agree with you that I wish they did that. I just don't think that it should really have a huge factor on what happens in that first game. It could matter. Like, I, I wish Kentucky did play Villanova in a secret scrimmage, but it's you still need to take care of business. Another texture says, the podcast got cut off yesterday. Was that supposed to happen? Well, it wasn't supposed to happen, but no. we, we hit <laughs> it, our time limit. It, no, it just it happened just for that specific texture, actually. Oh, he was the only one. Wow. Yeah, Sounds only like person. Texture. No, in all seriousness, it uh, it was just a goof on our end. But the show was pretty mu- the show was pretty much over. It was. Did, over. I, did I end up talking for an additional three Two, minutes? Three minutes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. During a commercial break. <laughs> well, you know, the funny part is, is who kn- I-, I talked for another. In all seriousness, probably another thirty seconds after we had been cut off, and then I clicked and joined the new one where nobody else was. And that uh, talked for, you know, like two minutes there. <laughs> to nobody. 
it was good good practice. Also, you could talk about your dad's Halloween <laughs> political Halloween decorations. <laughs> I'm glad that it cut off. <laughs> that was a good thing. Leech and Bakora are just so good together. Such a good mix of information and fandom. Yes, that's that's the right spot. We're lucky as Kentucky fans. It, it, I, I I agree. Love them. They do a great job. Rutherford was giving Pecoro crap. He didn't know it was Pecoro either. He was just like, whoever Kentucky's color commentator guy was, was horrible. And then he found out it was Pecoro, and he was like, oh, I used to listen to him with Reds games and whatnot. And uh, kind of changed his tune a little bit. But well, I think it's just because uh, that's what happens when you are the opposing fan base and you don't like – like you hear the homerism come out, and it just naturally your spidey sense starts tingling, you know. Uh, U of L, U of color guy. I don't know who he is. And I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but he's just boring. Like yeah, I'd much rather have somebody that's entertaining. Alex Cooper was good, but yeah, Al- Al- Alex Cooper boring as hell. Very good. U of L made a big mistake getting rid of Alex Cooper. Uh, he did a great job with it. This guy's informative, but it's just like. You know, Paul's not the most electric play-by-play guy either. Yeah, yeah. You need a little more personality in your voice. I think Paul Rogers is great. He he like takes you back to like 1930. But then you need you need a little fire. You need a little energy from the guy next to him, and you just don't get that. So I like what the cats have. It's like Jim Nance needed Tony Romo to liven up that broadcast. Uh, You don't need Tony Romo, but you need some personality in there with him. I've always said that like Leach. So great Hall of Fame or play by play, but definitely not like a you know morning radio show that I'd be into. Right, right. Uh, TC I mean, that's Bobby. obviously just a little. That's a little. It's a little goofy. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing there. TVC from Lexington here, boys. I think what TJ's referring to is a combination of how our interior defensive looks and not being able to get Oscar in foul trouble. Personally, for me, it's still the paranoia from the beatdown. From Zion the last time. Well, TC, Zion's not going to hurt us. And, oh, my gosh. No, he can't because he's he's obese and on the bench. Did you see that video of him kind of doing, like, the shuttle side to side? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, the jokes are always out there. And the jokes, while, you know, you could have a laugh at them, then Zion would be throwing down a 360 dunk right on people's faces. Mm-hmm. He ain't throwing down dunks on people's faces no more. Um, I've heard he's pretty big. He was huge in that video, and he like isn't in. He just can't play basketball because he's not even anywhere close to being in game shape right now. I mean, the um, it's unrelated, but the Jameis video. I mean, they're both in New Orleans. Jameis dancing went on a torn ACL on crutches in the locker room. Hilarious video. No, oh, I haven't seen it. I'll need to check oh, that out. Yeah, yeah. There, it's like a locker room celebration video after they beat the Bucks, and then Jameis is just like bobbing on his crutches, like air guitaring. Like it's <laughs> and, and TC, I'd also remind you on the interior defense is against Duke, if need be, Cal can clog things down. He you know, he can muddy things up. You aren't gonna you aren't gonna do that against Kentucky Wesleyan. Everybody guard your man, stay in your man to man. And don't get out of it. But if Kentucky is getting kind of abused inside, there there's things that they could do that they weren't going to do against Kentucky Wesleyan. And so everything you saw there was that was basically just go out there, 
work on the first half I think was much more like organized let's work on that and I think the second half was let's keep at it but just stay healthy exercise keep playing uh, they definitely took their foot off the gas a little bit I wouldn't worry too much about the interior defense just yet Oscar's foul trouble yes I'm with you that's yeah, that's going to be yeah. something we got to keep an eye on all along all year long um Another texter says, it's just because Duke won by 70 in their exhibition and we only won by 20. Yeah, I just don't know why anyone would read into exhibition scores. Like, unless a team is losing, it's it's an exhibition. Like, it's a glorified practice. Cal's out there rolling like 12 dudes in the game. You think he's going to be doing that against Duke? No. Yeah. I. It's a same. <laughs> who who cares? I mean, I, I do think Kentucky should have probably won by more, uh, all things considered. But right, why, just, we're not. I think like season. the three minutes left, they were up by thirty three. What if instead of Kentucky Wesley and scoring the final ten points, it was Kentucky and then they won by forty? Is anybody even blinking an eye no, at it? No, not at all. Not even in the slightest. It was a blowout, and they that I who cares seriously come on why was it that we played so soft on Saturday our line on both sides of the ball seemed to get pushed around which is very unlike us I agree with that texture yeah that was, why, uh, why Roush you tell me I don't know man I don't know I mean some of it is like Mississippi State they're good against the run their defensive line's good but yeah that's what ticked off Stoops the most though was that Kentucky did not play physical brand enough football so Best believe they're going to be ready to play this Saturday. What'd you say, Justin? Skip two text. Yep, I see that. John here. Good morning, fellas. I'm glad my Chiefs got the victory, but we will have to play better to have a chance against the pack. Hey, TJ, we are beating Duke. That winning momentum tide has messed us last season and turning back in our direction. Championships are on the horizon. Not going to allow any doubt to creep into my head. I'm tired of talking about what we might uh, what we might do because I know what we're going to do, which is win number nine, starting by beating Duke at the beginning of the year. We are Big Blue Nation, so suck it, Duke, and suck it, everyone in the NCAA. Only UK matters. Well, got to go talk to you later. Wow. John's, John's bringing the confidence for everybody, TJ. John, what about Evansville, man? But I love love how you're getting folks fired up. And big game for Green Bay and Kansas City yeah. this weekend. And I wish I wish that the people going to New York for the Champions Classic. And see, and that's maybe another thing about it, Roush, too, is just like we continue to not hear anybody go into that game and like not a ton of buzz around it. But the folks that will go are gonna have a blast. Like yeah. it's you know, it's gonna be a fun event. Madison Square Garden, Duke, Kentucky. You're in the 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 Windy City. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it. All right, let's go, um, to the, let's go to the next one. The Windy City. God's honest truth. I was at dinner during exhibition, but I've watched the first 30 minutes of the game and can't comprehend fans being upset. I thought they looked great for the most part in light years ahead of last year. Ty Ty was lights out. Oh, I wasn't sure if they were saying, like, and you can't comprehend fans being upset versus, like, uh, I can't comprehend fans being upset. Yep, yep. Um. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I was pumped up, like I was super excited watching it. And then, yeah, they just kind of got. They, they, I, I could understand why you're like, all right, they were that guy scoring a little too much. Somebody, somebody shut him down. But it's an October exhibition basketball game. 
And yes, Paulo Benchero is right around the corner. I think Kentucky's mindset going against him is going to be a little different than we already forgot his name from Kentucky Wesleyan. Yeah, I, I forgot it before the game was even over. I had it yesterday. It was good, and he played well. Just not not going to be able to remember every name of everybody Kentucky plays. Oh, over man. Um, folks, you all should look up monkey underscore Gia on Instagram. That's uh, that's the monkey, the Texas monkey of pole assassin that uh, allegedly bit somebody. And, man. You really love this story. This is like Roush's – this is this is number one on Roush's big board and, and ongoing events. Goodness. Hasn't been updated very recently, but still high quality content from Monkey Gia. <laughs> All right, well, which which text do we have? God's honest, or right, we got that one. Uh, the moral of the story is don't leave your wife and kids for a stripper with a monkey. Guarantee you'll have less problems in life. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can guarantee that. So wait, he left his. I didn't know that part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was part of it too. Ugh. Yeah, not great, Bob. Can't be what you're looking for. No, no, no. You think that the people would keep you young that you're working with every day, but nope. Needed the stripper with a monkey. A texter says, "I doubt Epps will be saying it if they're not going to wear a new helmet." Dude, there's 140. There's 200 people in that football facility. It takes two seconds for a rumor to start going around that they're wearing new helmets. Like, come on. Of course he could he could be saying stuff and not actually know. It happens all the time. I Where were they were against Ohio when they lost back in like 2003 or whenever? Yeah, I remember those. Or 2002. Uh, Wildcat with the Kentucky State. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were just too smooth. Those were amazing. And then they had to go and lose, and then we haven't seen them since. Pretty crazy. They've never brought the power K back in twenty some odd years. That is something that, like, like it's you so wish, easy. You wish you could just get Mitch Barnhart, like, to not let him give a political. You know, Dan Mullen. You ever want to learn how to just kind of bore the media? Just get some lessons from Mitch Barnhart. But somebody should just be like, hey, why don't you have more fun with uniforms? For like a little bit at the beginning of the Stoops era, you did, and everything seemed to kind of go well with it, but you've never done it with basketball. You have, you, you don't do it anymore with football even. Like, wh- what are we doing here? You do, do stuff. Do more stuff. Do it. And he'd be like, well, we've got the contracts with our Nike partners, and they come up with the designs, and we're, we're pretty much – we just tell they, – they give us, we get to approve it, but we just really go with what well, they give us. And Mitch Barnhart's going to be busy because he's uh, – with the college playoff committee tonight, they're releasing their rankings for the first time, and you uh, bet your sweet butt that Kentucky's going to be in it. So. Yeah, but just if eh, they don't lay an egg at Mississippi State, we'd be having a little more fun tonight, wouldn't we? We would. We would. Oh, Thornton's text line. Texture says, use can means no more getting stuck behind the one person getting 60 scratchers in line. It's wonderful. It really is. Thorns, great place to go. Oh, looks like my Aunt Carol text into the show. Aunt Carol here. Can you all come for Thanksgiving? We'll be there, Aunt Carol. Uh, I've already got Thanksgiving plans. Sorry, Aunt Carol. What? Roush. Yeah. Oh, got a Friendsgiving on Friday. Very- 
Christmas music can start too early. You can't start Friendsgivings too early. Love them. Roush, so great. Hats off to you and your friends for like you know it ends up being like Thanksgiving week, and then you, there's there's different there's Thanksgiving, no and there's yeah. yeah, and people are busy, and you got that good on yours. Just saying, hey, first week November, boom, let's get it out of the oh, way. Good man. on you all. And Go who, to eat like a freaking king. It's gonna oh, be awesome. Yeah. And that's going to be like a nice bridge for you in terms of the Thanksgiving food. Cause I'm already yeah. wanting it. I'm ready. Oh for it. man. I cannot, <laughs> man. So by the way, need to go to the grocery. We have no food in our house. So man. Justin, what were you going to add? Uh, don't recall. Okie dokie. Justin, Jacob... have you ever been to a Friendsgiving? Probably not. No, I don't have friends. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we just, I was actually just sitting here thinking, and maybe I need to put it together a group text and we can start that tradition this year. There <laughs> you go. We can eat on your mattress on the floor. Cause I, I really, I've always liked the idea of Friendsgivings, but yeah, I've just never been a part of one. What if you just did one with your roommate? I guess well, I mean, just, he would, that would, that would he would be involved in the Friendsgiving. Yeah. Uh, I'd just be a dinner if it was just you two. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which never happens. <laughs> Jacob Toppin play Friday night. If not, is it smart to throw him to the Wolves against Duke in his first game back or ease him in afterwards? I think he can be a low-key X factor. He's he, not an alien from a different planet. Yeah, he's played basketball before. Exactly. Like, and he's not a freshman either. Throw him to the Wolves. Let him play. Um, yeah. I, I, but I, but Texer, in all seriousness, I'd like to see him play this Friday. Just shake a little bit of the rust off. But if if he doesn't and they think that he's healthy enough to go against Duke, then I'm going to trust the staff. Uh, but he, it's it's not like he hasn't been practicing the last several several months. A texter says, I'm so tired of people saying, why don't we press, blah, blah, blah. Every single time we press Saturday, they hit us with a 15-yard chunk. Every single time. What the hell do people want? Amen, texter. A I think People just want the defense to work. And when something's not working, you got to say, try something else. And then if that's not working, then uh, you, then you're all right, but you're still upset. Like, you, you can be like, well, we tried different things. I understand the people wanting to try different things, though. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not going to get on them. It was just the, the annoying part is when they did try different things, it was acting like they didn't try things because they didn't. I agree with that. Attention. Yeah. I agree. Um, the re oh so what or who did Chris punch in practice? Oh, maybe there's yeah. a story. Uh, wow, interesting. Something very interesting. Oh, by the way, real quick in that Muhammad Ali documentary, when he fought, I think it was Joe Frazier the first time. Joe Frazier broke his jaw, and the bones in Muhammad Ali's jaw was like puncturing into his mouth. And he still finished the fight. That's crazy. And you can like see him, like, you know, his jaw is just all sorts of messed up. And then Frazier's face is just like a swollen bee. They just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Awesome crazy. documentary. Text speaking of, you know, on the on the subject of getting punched in the face. The reason I haven't won the Powerball is because I haven't applied myself. Yeah. <laughs> AKA, you haven't played. You can't play if you don't win. Same applies with me and my situation, Texter. So suck it. <laughs> Oh, there are degrees of homerism for radio guys. Bias probably, but Leach and a Picoro and oh Picoro. That's a weird way to spell Picoro. Are on the mile then. Listen to part of the Georgia game for the UK game. Way over the top. Everything was this and we that. Uh we this and we that. Almost talking smack when Georgia stopped UK on certain plays. Oh, the Georgia 
that's the the most extreme end of the spectrum. There isn't a more Homer Homer call in America than Georgia's radio call. It's whew, there's something else. Real piece of work. Texter says, John here again. Yes, TJ, you're correct. I forgot about my beloved aces. Go purple and orange as well. Ooh, can't say Gross. the O word this week, John. You know that. Yeah, you cannot yeah. say the O word this Get week. Get it out of here, John. Any news with Tennessee quickly, like any injury updates or stuff like that? Oh, yeah. If it's cold, Hinden Hooker just won't play. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? He, he gets cold. He, I mean, he, 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 he be freezing. His last game uh, at Virginia Tech, they took him out after the first series. He was seen shivering on the sidelines, and then he just went to the locker room in the third quarter because he was cold. Couldn't what? get warm. I mean, that's crazy. What a way to yeah. end the show. Can yeah. we talk more about yeah. this tomorrow? Oh, we're going to talk a lot about it tomorrow. A little Wacky Wednesday? Oh, yeah. All righty. We'll do just that. Everybody, thanks for texting in to the Thornton's text line. We will remember that goes 24 hours. You can text in any part of the day, 502 414 Thank you all. We will see you on Wednesday. KRC, TJ Walker, oh, and Justin Taylor.